On this episode of Serverless Chats, I speak with Farrah Campbell and Danielle Heverling about using the power of serverless to transform careers and communities. This is Serverless Chats, episode number 25. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Daly, and you're listening to Serverless Chats. This week, I'm chatting with Farrah Campbell and Danielle Heberling. Hi, Farrah and Danielle. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So you both work at Stackery, and we can talk a little bit more about what Stackery does uh, in a bit. But I want to start with you, Farrah, because you are the ecosystems director there. And I think it's a really interesting role. Can you tell us what that's all about? Sure. Um, well, I, essentially the way I look at it is um, my job is to connect with people across AWS um, and other technical partners, uh, along with the serverless ecosystem so that we can increase serverless adoption. Awesome. And Danielle, you are a software engineer at Stackery. Uh, and I'm curious what that role looks like when you are building serverless applications to help people build serverless applications. Yeah, it's pretty meta, actually. Um well, at Stackery, we're a small startup. There's only six software engineers total. So I guess you could say we're all technically full stack. Um, so I just jump in anywhere in the stack where I'm needed and sometimes do customer support too. Very cool. So I saw the two of you give a talk at Serverless Conf New York called Leveling Up Serverless. Um, and you talk about this app that you built, and we will, we will get into that um, in a minute. But what I really loved about your talk was the story behind it, right? And as you both explained, um, you have very different backgrounds. Neither of you started in tech, but somehow you sort of serendipitously came across serverless, started participating in the serverless community, um, and that's what inspired you and enabled you in a way uh, to actually build this application. And I think that it, you know, I think your story is inspiring, you know, especially to people who are getting into tech or are thinking about getting into tech. Um, you know, so I'd love to just kind of talk about your experiences today, uh, and we can kind of go through that. Um, so, so Farah, let's start with you. How did you get into tech? Well, my intro to tech wasn't like many people's uh, I hear. Um, in fact, it wasn't until after high school that I really actually explored the internet. Um, I met my mom, um, had met a new man and that she married who owned a computer company called Microage. And he was starting a new, um, he started a new startup in the back of that where he had multiple engineers working. And I talked him into letting me work for them to research um, uh, the horizontal and vert vertical markets. Um, uh, multiple years later, being a single mom needing to um, pay the bills, I uh, found a job in uh, health insurance, but always really still had that love for working with developers and, and would always find my find ways to try to work with, you know, the engineering and IT departments. Um, which was awesome because when I moved to Portland, there was all these tech companies and there's this very vibrant, like growing community. And I wanted so badly to be a part of it, but it took me, uh, well, I applied for jobs for about a year without any, um, I didn't get any interviews scheduled and then started working um, or volunteering at a conference where I was able to uh, meet uh, a number of people, one who introduced me to a small startup in Portland, where um, I was able to start working for four hours a week and then quickly turn that into a full-time office management position and then 
uh, multiple startups along the way ended up leading me to Stackery. Uh, the cool thing about it, though, is um, with each one of those startup jobs, I was always trying to really understand the tech and trying to find ways to work and be a part of the engineering teams. They even set up a way for me to update documentation so I would actually have, you know, con contributions to our source control or and uh, it's been pretty cool to be able to, you know, do something more with that at Stackery. Awesome. So, Danielle, I think you and I probably had a very similar start. Um, I uh, went to college with the intent of being a music teacher, actually. And, uh, and instead, I ended up switching into technology. Uh, but, uh, but you started with music and uh, you kind of went from there. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in a small town, and in order to keep out of trouble, I just became very active in music uh, throughout middle school, high school, took piano lessons starting in kindergarten even. And um, yeah, I just really loved creating and sharing music, and it got to the point where I had to pick a uh, college major to go to college, and I really had no idea what I wanted to do. So I kind of looked at what I enjoyed doing activity-wise and gravitated towards music. And I really like helping people out, teaching people. So I decided to go for music education. And yeah, so as a music teacher in a public school system uh, for a few years, and it took me to a different state, a completely different, you know, mindset uh, in that area. And I definitely enjoyed my time there, but long-term uh, teaching just wasn't for me. So I kind of went back in a whirlwind of not knowing what I wanted to do for a career, um, but I did need to pay my bills. So I just put out a lot of job applications and ended up getting hired in tech support. And I really love tech support because Every day was a completely new challenge. A customer would write in with a question about, you know, how to use the product. And it would be like something that I never even thought someone would want to use the product for. So it really kind of gave me a great lesson in empathy and kind of role playing on how other people think. And it got to a point where I was supporting the uh, developer version of the product. So the customers writing in, or people writing custom code to add to our uh, platform offering that we had. And it was my job to determine, is this a bug in our system or is this a bug uh, based off the code that the person added? So I did some free online tutorials in order to be able to have more educated conversations with the people writing in. And it goes back to being a musician, just creating things and, I built a few silly websites and just really loved doing that and sharing what I created with other people. It was just a different medium. So music to code and yeah. And with, as far as customer support goes, I just wanted to be the person to provide the better experience for the customer. So uh, that's kind of what led me to attending a code school and becoming a software engineer. Yeah. And I actually, I think that, a lot of software engineers don't have enough experience at the product level. Um, and so they don't have that customer empathy that you were talking about. 
Uh, and uh, and I think your experience, um, you know, dealing with that actually it makes a better software developer because I think we too often get sort of bogged down with the tech and we don't think about that that overall customer experience. Um, and I totally agree with you on the parallels to, to to music. I mean, writing software is definitely more of an art, uh, in my opinion, than it is a science. Um, and it is really really rewarding to to kind of get to a working product um, and, and get that out there and knowing you've created something. Um, so anyway, so let's talk about how you both got uh, started with serverless. Um, Farah, uh, Stackery was your first foray into serverless. Um, so uh, how did you get connected? Um, the last startup that I was at, it was called Reflect, uh, was being acquired by Puppet. Um, and it didn't, that, that fit wasn't, wasn't going to be for me. And um, I had put a few feelers out within the Portland community and actually got introduced uh, to um, the CEO of Stackery at the time who created this role for me, uh, something that was completely out of anything I had ever done. But um, I'm always willing to tackle a, a new problem, and I always like a new challenge. Awesome. And Danielle, you are a container convert, correct? I am, yes. Um, fresh out of code school, my first job was uh, ECS. Uh, we did all containers. Uh, luckily, it was microservices, so it wasn't too much of a mind shift set on that front. But uh, ECS is how I first got my feet wet with AWS and cloud services. Right. So then you both got involved in the Portland tech community, um, you know, and attending meetups and things like that. Uh, and that's actually how uh, the two of you got connected. Yeah, so I'm not sure how it is in other cities, but in Portland, pretty much every single tech meetup has their own corresponding Slack channel. And Farrah and I just happened to be hanging out in one. And uh, she mentioned Stackery, talked about how they were hiring, hiring software engineers. And the one thing that really appealed to me was she said that half of the software engineering uh, team was women. So on top of that, I was also starting to get my feet wet with serverless. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what prompted me to message her just to learn more. I wasn't even looking for a job, but I asked her out to coffee, just kind of more of an informational interview. And um, somehow I ended up applying and uh, now I'm there. That's awesome. And that's and that's the power of meetups and conferences, right? Where you you go and you meet new people, you 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 get new ideas, uh, you expand your list of contacts and uh, and just really, really good things can happen. Um, and if you if you have the ability, if you get the chance to be able to go to a conference or, or meetups, um, you know, I definitely suggest you you do things like that. Um, so you had mentioned that uh, half of the developers uh, at Stackery or on the Stackery development team were women. Um, and so this is obviously something we don't see um, often enough in tech. Um, we're not quite there yet, right? So is there something about serverless and the serverless community that is, uh, that is more welcoming to people, you think? I definitely do. Um, uh, serverless is a, is a new approach. It's, it's inventing a whole new way to build software applications. Um, and it's sticking. Um, and this community, I feel like everybody has a lot of work to do, a lot of big things to accomplish. And everybody's at a starting point. Everybody's willing to have open conversations without um, putting others down or, you know, explain to you why you're wrong about something. Everybody's at the same starting point and just trying to learn from one another. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one of the things that's great about serverless is the fact that we are still very, very early and we're still figuring things out. I mean, we, we're still developing the tech, you know, let alone the, the, the tools and the best practices um, that go along with that stuff. So, um, you know, when you come from a more traditional sort of computer science background, um, you know, because things are so different in serverless or some things are different, um, you need to unlearn quite a few things, you know, to be able to sort of uh, to do this. And I think for most people, this is ingrained in their heads and they probably resist the change. So coming from a fresh perspective is is probably a benefit. Yeah, I agree. And I think just because everything's so new and serverless is a lot more than managed services, but that is a big aspect of it. So there's always, you know, eyes on, you know, the new thing AWS or GCP is releasing and people mm -hmm. are talking about it and how they're using it, planning on using it. So that's what makes it fun too. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so let's talk about this app that that you two built, um, and we'll, we'll get into the details in a minute. But um, but first of all, like, what what was it that made you say, "Hey, I, I want to go build a serverless app"? Um, well, Danielle and I, I actually I actually went to Danielle because there was um, I say there's a lot going on in our lives at the time, and sometimes when that happens, you want to take you want to take steps forward and try to grow. And so we knew we wanted to work on something together, but weren't quite sure what it was. Um, and as I started doing tutorials through Stackery's website, um, I was able to build my own webhook. I was able to follow along the Wild, Wild Rides tutorial and build my unicorn um, <laughs> app. And uh, knowing that Danielle has been a teacher before, um, I went to her and asked her if she might be willing to help me to... Uh, build a serverless application, um, I then would get the experience of learning how to actually, you know, build a serverless app. And at the same time, Danielle, um, you know, would get, you know, have, I think, more experience, you know, trying to teach somebody and build something from scratch. And I also think it's a lot of fun to work with someone who's brand new to something because they have that beginner's mindset, mm. that endless optimism. Um, so it can really be infectious in a good way. Right. The anything's possible until you run up to deploying a cloud front distribution. It takes 45 minutes. But anyways, um, I was always worried that it would be terrible working with a beginner because I seem to just run into problem after problem after problem after problem. And Danielle was always so incredibly patient uh, and understanding, which made things so much easier. Yeah, but that's that's just how we code. I mean, th there are probably some people who can write perfect code the first time through, um, but for the vast majority of us, it is a lot of trial and error. Um, you know, we have to test our code and we make a lot of mistakes. We have to test it and test it to get it working properly. So if you are new to development um, or you are a uh, experienced programmer, that is a perfectly fine way to do it. So, so certainly don't feel bad about that. Um, so anyway, so you built a language translator app. So what was the uh, what was the motivation behind building this? Uh, yeah, so the, the motivation for building the app is we knew we wanted to do something. Uh, we knew um, we wanted to have some sort of positive theme or to be beneficial to uh, our community in some way. And after a trip to um, Australia, I got to attend the AWS uh, Community Day in Melbourne and got to meet an incredibly talented group of people. But in these conversations, and we were talking about um, what are the barriers that every single one of us has had to, you know, developing or gaining new skills. 
And they started talking about documentation being one of them. And I had never, ever thought about that being a barrier before. And so I brought the idea back to Danielle and said, do you think that maybe we could build a language translating application or something? And she was stoked about it. Awesome. So then how did you uh, get started? Like, how did you plan uh, what you were going to build? Uh, So when it comes to planning the app, I just wanted to do something as simple as possible just because I didn't want Farah to get overwhelmed and frustrated and not want to do this ever again. So uh, simplest thing possible that I could think of was um, just kind of a small backend pipeline that could be plugged in elsewhere. Um, with serverlessing.io, I added a front end onto it, but I use like that core architecture of it's a bucket function bucket. So the first bucket takes in a plain text file of what someone wants translated. The function talks to the AWS translate service and then gets the translated text and then it puts it in the uh, second bucket. So does it just do text right now or does it do like HTML files as well? That's actually something we'd want to improve in the future um, because we were playing around with uh, specifically with markdown files because the idea of translating documentation and uh, AWS Translate was giving us some unexpected results in regards to spacing and things like that. Mm. So we were we actually have an open GitHub issue for that if anyone wants to help out. Yeah, and that's actually something you find with you know working with a lot of these managed services is that um, you know either there are limitations or there's there's these nuances and and uh, uh, and sometimes you have to dig to find them and you kind of end up banging your head against the wall uh, to try to figure these things out. So, yeah, anyways, but. Um, so, so that's really interesting. So then how do that you... That was actually... Can I, can I talk yeah, about no, that ahead. just for a little bit? Yeah. Because this is actually one of the most... I think one of the hardest parts as a beginner to development is understanding what the error code messages are, understanding where to, should I start to debug and to look. When, when should I think... Like, when should I research? Is this a limitation on the actual service? Uh, come to find out we were getting all kinds of error messages and couldn't figure out what was wrong. And we came to find out that um, AWS Translate only processes 5,000 bytes, which is about two paragraphs, mm-hmm. uh, which is not something <laughs> that I would have initially thought and looked for. And so it was definitely a, a huge learning experience for me to understand, you know, what how to understand what these error messages are, where to start to look. Um, and again, that that just basically is part of the development lifecycle. Yeah, another great point. Another great point. Um, all right, so so this exists, though, right? It's up and running now. We can go and use this if we wanted to. It is, yeah. If you don't want to add code to it, you can just upload a plain text file at serverlessing.io, and if it's a longer file, it might take a bit to translate for you. But be patient, and it'll spit out the uh, translated text in a language of your choice. And you open source this, right? So that people can download it if they want and play around with it? Yeah, feel free to download it, play around with it. Um, We also have some open GitHub issues. Um, Feel free to jump in on one of those. Um, If you want to work with Farah or I or both of us on it collaboratively, we're always into working with new people too. Great. All right, so what are you going to do with this application next? That's a very good question. That's a very good (laughs) question. I mean, there's definitely some plans. Um, I think the next thing that we want to do is to be able to process more than just uh, plain text files. 
And then also the, the, my next is like adding poly. So, um, so we have talk to text or text to talk, <laughs> text to speech, text to speech. Yes. So you are dealing with a bunch of cloud resources here, S3 buckets and Lambda functions and things like that. So uh, you used infrastructure as code to build this, correct? We did. Yeah, we started with the drag and drop interface of Stackery, um, but we also ran into the classic circular dependency issue with the <laughs> S3 bucket. Yeah. Um, so we did have to manually edit the CloudFormation template a little bit. And how did you find editing a CloudFormation template to be? A lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I it, thought it, gets... it was fun. I actually did think it was fun. I actually felt pretty cool at that moment because we were in the CLI. And it was really cool just to uh, if you start to understand the lingo that's being used. Like we're navigating through the JSON object to drill into the function. Like yeah. those were all big learning moments for me. So I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and 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 CloudFormation is one of those things where you know if you stare at it for long enough, um, you know your eyes will go cross. But um, uh, but once you figure out what it's doing, it's just it's extremely powerful. Um, you know, and the, the stacker interface, and, and actually let's let's talk about that for a second. So you 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 can drag and drop these resources, you can wire them together, um, and it's not just the drag and drop either. Like you can edit the information, edit those configuration options. Um, there's a bunch of sane defaults in there, and if you've ever had to write a CloudFormation template by hand. Um, then you know you you go to the documentation pages and um, you know you find certain attributes and then under each attribute there's a complex type and then you've got to go and look at the details there and then there's a complex type under that and it just keeps going um, and going and so um, you know th this is something that the stackery the visual builder uh, helps you do really easily and just abstracts all that away correct Correct. Yeah. And actually, when I first got hired at Stackery, it was just drag and drop. Um, we didn't have the CloudFormation template uh, surfaced in the UI yet. So that was actually one of my first big projects. And it took a while for me to realize how huge it was going to be, but it really is, especially with our new VS Code editor, yes. where you can have a tab of, you know, the template and then a tab of the Stackery visual UI and you can physically see it change right in front of your eyes. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. And it and it's all uh it's all local, right? So I mean you don't even there's no uploading or anything like that. It's uh it's just a very, very cool uh, and simple way to build CloudFormation. So if you um you know if you are struggling to write CloudFormation templates, definitely take a look at stackery.io and uh and, and check out the, the the tool that they have available there. Um so anyways, so this episode is actually airing during reInvent. Um and the two of you are giving a talk called The Power of Serverless for Transforming Careers and Communities. Um and that is Thursday at noon in the Dev Lounge in the Venetian. So if you're at reInvent, you're listening to this, and it's before noon on Thursday, definitely go and check out um, Danielle and Farah um, giving this talk. Um, and so this is uh, going to be about the app that you built and, uh, and again, the motivation and, and, um, uh, and, and how you came to build it, right? Correct, yeah. So it'll start with our backgrounds and then um, the inspiration for the app and just kind of that whole storyline behind, you know, every time you build an application, um, the roadblocks that you go through and how you get yourself unstuck. Right. So you'll, go, you'll get into a little bit more about the debugging and some of that stuff, right? Correct. Yeah, we'll go more into the storyline of that. All right. Cool. Um, so Farah, anything else going on at reInvent that people should know about? 
Well, there's a lot of things going on at reInvent. Oh my gosh, I'm still trying to keep up with all the recent announcements that keep happening even up until today. I know, it's crazy. Uh, we're, we're having a party. We're hosting a party Wednesday night. I'm hoping to see many friendly faces there. Um, please come say hi if I we have not met before. Um, I know I've met a ton of people on Twitter and I love to put a face with a name. Um, and yes, please come to our talk. Let us know how we did and let us know what we could do better. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So Wednesday night is the serverless for everyone party. Um, there are so many people signed up for it. I think we're going to have to take over replay next year and that'll just be the serverless party because this community is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and definitely, yeah, I will be there. Come talk to me, talk to Farah, talk to Danielle, the serverless community. Honestly, everyone is so approachable. There's just uh, so many great people. Um, it is it is such an honor to be part of all this. Oh, and by the way, Farrah, you were recently named a serverless hero. I was. I still am taken back by this entire experience. Uh, I was reading um, the Red Monk article about it last night, and just tears were running down my face. It's such an honor and such an achievement, um, and I, I really just appreciate um everybody at AWS for uh, designating me with that to join people like yourself, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, well, you definitely, you definitely deserve it. I mean, with everything you've done with like the Portland meetups and uh, Portland serverless days and all the outreach that you've done, I mean, you're just a a huge part of this community. I mean, you both are. Um, So, you know, thank you for, for everything that, that you two do. Um, So if people want to get in touch with either of you, um, Farrah, how would they go about doing that? Twitter is by far the easiest way and the fastest way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm just at Farah C32. Um, and then also you can always reach me on LinkedIn or by email. And um, I think my email is listed on the AWS Heroes website. Okay. And Danielle, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, best way to get in touch with me would probably be a DM on Twitter uh, at the Heber. Uh, you could also send me an email, Danielle at Stackery.io. Okay. And then the Stackery blog is stackery.io slash blog. Uh, and then that the, yeah. the, 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 the translation app that you built is available at serverlessing.io. Right. And you can also reach us uh, through GitHub too, um, on, through the GitHub link, which is GitHub, I think, slash Stackery slash language dash translator. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right. I will get all of that information into the show notes along with your contact information and where you're speaking on Thursday. Um, This was great. Thank you so much again for, for being here. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. And that's this week's serverless chat. I want to give a huge thank you to Farrah Campbell and Danielle Heberling for being my guests this week. If you want to check out the show notes and a full transcript of this episode, you can find them at serverlesschats.com slash 25. For more serverless chats, be sure you subscribe and rate the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can also connect with me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore daily. And if you're interested in serverless and want to discover all the great new articles, use cases, and latest innovations from the serverless community, make sure you subscribe to the Off by None newsletter at offbynone.io. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to chatting with all of you again next week. Thank you.